Hi, you're listening to another of our Dental Business Transaction podcast series. And I'm Lily Head, Founding Director. And I'm here today with Abby Greenhoff, my Managing Director. And I thought it would be a great idea to catch up and have a chat because I think it's about six months, isn't it, Abby, since we last spoke. And it would be a good opportunity to talk about market activity so far this year. We're pretty much through the first six months, obviously. Um, we've seen an awful lot of uh, new entrants to the market. We are extremely busy, but we've also seen the usual challenges. There's a lot of recruitment issues, not just in the dental industry, but also a lot of our legal colleagues. And of course, the inevitable change in all the banking, the healthcare. So it's uh, a lots of moving around. From your perspective, what's market activity been like this year? So compared to when we sat in the depths of winter, um, now looking six months into the year, the number of deals um, that we're doing as a business has held. So that high level of activity that we saw in 2021 on that resurgence of the market um, when when transactions picked up again have have held. Um, You know, everywhere we're seeing these headlines about the cost of living crisis um, and inflation, we are yet to see that really translate into any uh, impact on values at the moment, or in fact, buyer interest. Um, like you say, uh, there are challenges in practice. Probably one of the most common conversations we're having in flight deals are the challenges of maintaining the profits within a transaction with increasing pressure for you know staff rises and pay increases and replacing staff. So that you're absolutely right. That's probably one of the biggest challenges in the sector at the moment. Yeah, staff retention, it's a biggie again, isn't it? And of course, as we all know, it's it's very much driven by geographics as well. Certain areas of the country uh, have an even bigger challenge. Um, and I've certainly read and spoken to business coaches who, you know, advise people to do everything they can to hold on to their team. Uh, they're having to pay... Uh, pretty much what is asked of them to retain staff, to stop them moving around. And it, and this is just something else, more pressure on the principal. But overall, isn't it, the market is still very, very strong, as you say, in spite of the of the recession, inflation, etc. Um, demand is strong. Buyer demand, obviously, hasn't waned. And we've not really seen any of those issues that we've touched upon significantly affecting the market, have we? What's the increase in interested buyers since the pandemic, would you say? Um, when the we came out of that first year of lockdown and we practices reopened and buyers started to you know bid on practices again, over the past couple of years we've seen an eighteen percent increase in the number of buyers. Um, so on average, we're looking at about three hundred and fifty fresh buyers, new buyers, mm-hmm. um, each year um, since. 2020. So a lot more interest. And that's from a real mix of buyers as well. That's new entrants into the market, uh, corporate buyers. Um, and I would say the bulk of them are are still dentists that are, you mm. know, wanting and have got an appetite to buy a practice. And it's worth remembering still the majority of our practices do go to independent, uh, independent buyers. You make a really good point because I was asked this the other day by somebody um, who is from a corporate group who said, you know, do we see the future of dentistry basically being swallowed up by the corporates and and your average first, second, third time buyer, your private dentist being pushed out? And I genuinely and truly believe that's not going to be the case. There will always be a market for dental practices that will suit small independents 
um, or very small cluster groups. Uh, not everything fits the requirements, does it, of the big boys, so to speak? I'd have to agree with you there. I think now the corporates are taking a slightly different slant and they're thinking more widely about their target and what they're looking at. So that fragmented market might, you know, come together and become more consolidated. But I do think there's just so much appetite from independent mm. buyers. There's a big cohort of dental students that come out of dentist, dental school thinking, you know, I don't just want to be a dentist. I yeah. want to be a practice owner. And I don't think that is is going to go away. And, you know, what we've seen is quite a big increase in the number of squats uh, being set up, our colleague Rajiv uh, Lakhani in dental compliance. I think he's uh, getting the compliant, getting practices setting up from cold squat compliant ready. You know, mm. weekly they're they're launching new practices. So I think there's a lot more new operators starting from scratch as well. You make a good point about the squats, Abby, because I can remember going to the first uh, dental trade show after lockdown had had finished. And speaking to Rajiv Lakhani and asking us whether at Lilyhead Finance we could help people get finance for squats because it was a very difficult um, issue for, for dentists. And of course, now it absolutely isn't. We have seen a huge rise of squat interest and confidence. So that's really good news. Um, let's talk about um, the growth in private revenue. What is the sort of general um, mood that you're seeing out there with the appetite for private versus, of course, NHS. Let's touch upon that. Okay, so we saw a lot of patients that couldn't get to their NHS dentist go uh, and join practices privately, and I think they are going to stick. But remember, if you are a practice owner and you've seen that rise in revenue and you want your valuation and your sale price based on that number, it is incredibly important that you're able to produce up-to-date management information. Of course, you know, talking to our colleagues at Lilyhead Finance, that's probably one of the biggest challenges at the moment. Getting um, lending through credit is having absolute bang up to date financials. So if you've had an uplift and you want that in your sale price, you need to be able to evidence that month on, month out. Proof of the pudding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So looking back, now we're in the summer over the past six months, comparing to activity that we saw in 2021, there has been an increase in the sale prices represented as a multiple of the profit. In practices changing hands from independents to corporates and groups, we've seen so far this year an 8% increase in sale prices. Um, So from an average of 7.9 multiple to 8.5. And in where the bulk of our deals are, going from dentist to dentist we've also seen an increase a little bit more in that in that sector of up 10 percent so that's looking a really strong start for for the year um, and really represents that I think that increased demand behind the scenes. Gosh that's really good news for people thinking of looking at their exit strategy looking at selling. Um, Interest in the market is still very strong isn't it for growth opportunities organic growth Whilst there's still interest, of course, in NHS practices, the corporates and dentists are looking to increase the private ratio in their portfolios as well to manage the challenges of delivering NHS dentistry, which we know is a monumental challenge at the moment. Absolutely. There's real disillusionment in the NHS, and that's for associates working there and also practice owners. So, Abby, the $6 million question, what do you predict for the market for the remainder of 2022 as you see it? 
I think the biggest challenge we've already spoken about is recruitment. Um, that is more challenging in some areas than others. Mm-hmm. And also the cost of delivering the services. So the cost of your suppliers, your materials and labs going mm-hmm. up. And probably the biggest increase is in staff costs to mm-hmm. retain your staff. So we haven't seen that translate into lower values yet. Um, but as those profits may squeeze, it could translate into slightly lower values. And I think some areas might be more affected than others because it's a direct relationship between how easy it is to recruit and the buyer appetite to, to, in certain areas. We've seen the corporates maybe focus more on the major conurbations, anything with a sort of a coast and seagulls, you know, they, they're a little bit nervous about. So they should be, seagulls. <laughs> yeah. Have you even a bag of chips on the seafront with seagulls over your head, Abby? Trust me, you take your yeah. life in your hands. And I think that there may be, that we're starting to see that most buyers are looking for, particularly corporates, a private focus. They want to increase their ratio, like you said, of private element to their portfolios. So that follows that they're going to be looking for maybe more private practices with smaller NHS offerings. Mm-hmm. That's the same in uh, for dentists as well. Although they do like that regular injection, monthly injection of NHS revenue. Mm. I think they're switched on now to think what is the conversion opportunity to convert these patients from NHS to private. And they're also looking for what the growth potential, you know, the right areas to start upselling ethically, getting the new services, building in Invisalign, building in implants. So they're looking for the growth opportunities. I think the challenges for the NHS delivery are going to remain it's unlikely that the doctors and dentists review body are going to increase the NHS uh, pay rise anywhere near inflation. So with the challenges that we've spoken about with cost of delivery and also staff wages, uh, the NHS from a profit profit margin is going to become squeezed and squeezed and squeezed, Mm -hmm. um, which may make it more challenging to avoid clawback and challenging to deliver and ultimately maybe less attractive to the market. Absolutely, especially with practices with a low UDA rate, sub £23 in UDA. Yeah, we're seeing actually uh, anecdotal reports of areas where you can't get NHS uh, associates to to work or relocate to, that they're offering one-off sort of golden handshakes to get people into the area. So the NHS are starting to think about how they can attract dentists to areas to to get over some of these recruitment challenges. Well, they've got to think outside the box, haven't they? How successful have these initiatives been? I think it's probably too little intervention, too Mm -hmm. late. Um, We're not going to see because it's very mixed. There's no national strategy around it. So I think some areas are getting help and uh, it's going to be, you know, six months or years before we see Mm -hmm. what impact that will have really in attracting those dentists to those areas. And of course, now we know that the delivery requirements for NHS practices are 100%. Uh, So not only are NHS providers feeling that pressure um, and feel slightly let down by the NHS, now that pressure's Mm -hmm. ramping up to deliver, Mm -hmm. um, even after quarter one and quarter two, where most practices are lagging behind. Yeah, the heat is on. Yeah. Uh, And uh, speaking to our colleagues at Denplan um, and other plan providers, they are the busiest they've ever been in terms of doing conversions. You know, Mm -hmm. practices all over the place are considering their position and considering potentially handing their contracts back um, and making their list converting it to private. 
So it's interesting times, I think, for the NHS. So we just have to watch this space, yeah. really. Um, and in, in Wales, they've moved away from the UDA um, activity contracts, um, working on like a capitation-based scheme with KPIs. We don't know yet what impact that's going to have on valuations, uh, but ultimately we will have to see how that affects practice profits and really the appetite to work in the NHS in Wales. Uh, so we're watching that space carefully. Um, Abby, let's talk about what's happening with the corporates. We touched upon them earlier about them not dominating and taking over the high street. But what kind of activity are you seeing from them? Because I know historically we always have new embryonic companies coming in, new kids on the block. They come to us, don't they? They register, they want to meet us. They say they want to get 10 practices in their first year and 50. And some of them peter away. Some of them do eventually make some kind of presence in the marketplace. But from your perspective with the teams across the whole of the UK, what are you seeing with corporate activity? We continue to see those emerging groups forming often from other groups. Uh, they're forming boards to, to, to put forward a credible offer. Uh, some of those are breaking through the glass ceiling um, and with slightly new offers, I think more creative models um, of purchasing practices. So where it was very much uh, the an amount of consideration and certain amount held back, there's now quite a few different models where joint venture, uh, so shared ownership, going into partnership, um, profit sharing. So it's really targeting these dentists that maybe aren't quite ready for the full kind of retirement and sale where they want to realise the potential in the practice and still want the skin in the game. Yeah. So seeing that, and that's really to sort of compete against the classic likes, I suppose, of Dentex and uh, dental beauty partners who offer that, that, that partnership and joint um, venture model. Um, we've seen uh, Portman being very, very acquisitive as, as Dentex. And I've just heard recently that my dentists now are wanting to come back into the market. You know, they haven't been actively acquiring for about seven years. Uh, they've uh, reorganised their structure, they've sold some practices and increased their private offer now and now they are looking you know, to actively acquire uh, going forward. So there's a lot of activity in the uh, corporate market, but again, I think their focus is um, private practices or if they are going for NHS practices, they're looking for those with private opportunity within them and with decent UDA rates because they know that they're potentially going to have to pay associates a much higher rate mm. to attract them. Well, that's always been the problem in the past, hasn't it? They basically sort of uh, spread themselves, shall we say, a little thin. And you can end up catching a nasty cold, can't you, if you've got too many practices, especially in areas where it's nigh on impossible at the moment to recruit. So I'd imagine that they, they revisit to the acquisitive table. They're thinking very carefully about where they're going to be planting their flags down. Absolutely. They, they just want to manage their risk, really, and make sure these businesses that they are by continue to perform. And those that you would think would be classically, you know, NHS dominant have actually grown their private mm. element of their group significantly. So the likes of Coliseum have um, increased their private offer and my dentist as well. So there really is a shift uh, towards private within the, within the corporates as well as independent practices. 
So basically, Abby, in summary, it's extremely busy. It's a very buoyant market. We know the banks are lending. What would you say summarises the overall picture right now? And what watchwords would you give to a principal thinking about an exit? The market is acutely aware of some of the challenges, I suppose, that we face coming up, although we haven't seen that translated into values and activity yet because demand is strong. I think as a practice owner, you need to safeguard against some of those things. So the focus is on presenting opportunity in your practice and realising opportunity for growth while you're in it. So focusing on strengthening your private offer or if you're ready for the market right now, how do we present that private potential um, to the market? What is the conversion opportunity? What is the opportunity for services that aren't currently offered? Um, and what is the opportunity for organic growth? I think if you can get in a growth mindset, whether you realise it yourself or your buyer realises it, that's really where your insurance is for the best deal um, and you know the, the, the best outcome of your sale. Good. It's a good summary. And I think really nothing has changed much from that delivery of what to look out for. I think the biggie is the recruitment issues right now in the UK. And I think principals have to be very aware and realistic about the challenges there. So somebody coming in may face the same challenges that they have. They can't magic associates up and therefore they have to put their listening ears on and take their happy ears off, don't they? And understand that the market at the moment has got these issues with staffing, with recruitment, retention of staff. If they have a great team, that's fantastic. But hold on to them, look after them. Because when you come to sell your business, that may well affect the appetite, won't it, for buyers, if they think you're in an area that's a real challenge. Exactly, because practices, when you buy them, you need them to deliver. Um, Mm. You need them to Mm. pay off your loan and you need to be able to be decently remunerated um, whilst you're there. So if you're listening to this conversation and you want to explore more about the market, the values, the trends, or just simply get some advice from us, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're happy to help. Abby, thank you for your time today. It's going to be very interesting to see what comes up with the autumn and winter. And I look forward to having a chat with you again soon. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Lily. Thanks, Lily.